0: CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live Bible answer program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a question on the Bible or the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. That's one ask CSN. Now let's get things started. Here's today's
1: host. Well hello and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man an Answer. And I am Scott Parker. I am in today for Mike Kessler and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Festus, Missouri. That's just south of St. Louis. Also, I am the Bible teacher on the radio program called A Word for the Church, which you can hear here on CSN every Saturday at 10 a.m. That's central time and Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. in central time. And so, Uh, I encourage you to tune in if you have that time free and uh, listen to just good, solid Bible teaching as we go through the Bible here at Calvary Chapel in Festus. And we want to answer your questions today on the Bible, the Christian faith, and current events. And so I want to encourage you to give us a call. We have some lines open right now, and the phone number to call is 8888-ASK-CSN. That's 8888-ASK-CSN, and that translates out to 888-827-5276. And so joining me on the program today, uh, shortly, is going to be Mr. Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute, and so we're waiting for Brad to come on. And so while we do that, let's go ahead and go to the phones. And we have Chris on the line from Coos Bay, Oregon. Chris, welcome to To Everman and Answer.
2: All right. Thank you, sir. Um, so, uh, by the way, it's actually grants passed now, not Coos Bay anymore, but that's yeah, no, okay. Uh, all right. So I have a question <laughs> concerning, or actually, uh, well, a question and kind of a statement concerning all this business that's going on over in Israel and where America plays out in this. Um, I've uh, watched a guy uh, in a teaching where he was he was describing the the... New Babylon or the, um, something Babylon anyway. Um, and the way he was describing that, it was, it was playing out to sound really a lot like, uh, like America. Um, so I want your take on that, but also with the situation going on with Iran and them, uh, the American, uh, the American government telling them that they, they're not going to allow them to become nuclear capable. If this plays out in that direction where we are sending all of our forces, overseas, that is really opening us up for an internal attack in here, which is kind of what I'm thinking. And maybe this plays along with why, maybe not necessarily, but possibly why America is not mentioned in the Bible, because I have a feeling we're going to be taken down from within. So with us spreading everything out over there, that takes America out of the picture. And right now we're one of the few countries um, that is still in support of Israel that would kind of line us up for that ezekiel thirty eight thirty nine war in my opinion, also with that being said um, I'm uh, curious to know like how do the uh, the tribulation period going to play into this and then with um, it being stated that Israel will burn uh, use their like the weapons and stuff for oil or not for oil but uh, for heat and like for fuel um so they're going to have to do that for like a, a period of time before the tribulation period starts. Is my mm. understanding? Now, please correct me if I'm wrong. So there it is. I would like to lay all that in your hands.
1: <laughs> well, Chris, thanks so much for the call and thanks for the question and and the comments. Uh, there's a lot there. You know, when it comes to America and Bible prophecy, in fact, um, I think it was last year I did a teaching in my church on America and Bible prophecy and and where is where is she? And, uh, you know, the only place that I can definitely and confidently point to, um, when it comes to America in Bible prophecy, um, is there in, in the book of Zechariah, um, in chapter 12, 13 and 14, where it talks about eventually all nations, and this is during the tribulation period, all nations are going to gather themselves uh, around Jerusalem and, and, and come against Jerusalem and to come against Israel. And, you know, when, when it says all nations there, that includes the United States of America. There, there's no particular prophecy about America in the Bible. I know a lot of people take a lot of scriptures and try to make it fit the Bible. Um, but you know, when it comes to the end times, uh, Israel is, is God's land. The Jews are his people. Uh, when it comes to the tribulation period, um, you know, a big part of the purpose of the tribulation is for God to begin to deal with the hearts of the Jewish people and to bring them to a place where he is going to purge them and prepare them for the second coming of their Messiah. And, of course, that's our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jeremiah told us that the tribulation period was actually... Uh, The language that he used for it was the day of Jacob's trouble. And so the Lord is going to allow the Jews to be persecuted uh, by the devil himself, uh, actually energizing the Antichrist uh, and the nations of the world uh, against Israel. In fact, I just taught on this last night in church as we were going through Daniel chapter 7 and talking about how the Antichrist is going to persecute the saints um, and there, the word saints refers to the nation of Israel and particularly the remnant of the nation of Israel. And so, you know, when we look at the tribulation period and we look at all this that's going to happen, if America is still in existence and, and you know what? It, you know, many years ago, um, it would be difficult to say that with certainty. But when we look at our nation now and we see the lack of leadership that we have. Uh, when we, when we see that the leadership that we do have, how they vacillate when it comes to standing by Israel, um, and then of course, uh, all of the wokeism and all of the, um, philosophies and, and, and things that our uh, current administration, uh, accepts and allows in our country, uh, just like you said, Chris, you know, America is imploding from within. It really is. Now, my opinion, is that it's not just, you know, I, I really don't think it's just uh Biden and the Democrats um that's causing all of this. Um, but I really believe that there's there's other players involved, including the global elites, uh, the movers and shakers with the money, and uh that they're behind a lot of the decisions and things that are going on in America because it's very obvious um that there is a, there is a definite, uh, push to literally bankrupt America and to, uh, bring us to a place where we have no other choice than to join the, the global community and give up our sovereignty and depend on, upon other nations. I mean, that you can just see that happening. So when it comes to Bible prophecy, you know, again, as I said many years ago, uh, it would be difficult to say, well, there'll be no America in the end times. But I tell you what, the closer we get and the more I see going on, I'm like, you know what? It's very possible, uh, that America might not even exist during these times. And maybe that's why, um, you see, uh, that America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. So, um, those are good questions. Now, now, Chris, I will say this. Um, when it comes to the Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine war, um, and 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 all of that, it is not clear. Okay, it's it's not clear in the scriptures whether that war will take place before the tribulation, or before the rapture, or after the rapture. Okay, it's not clear. But my opinion. Okay, and and I want everybody to know this is my opinion. Um, that it appears with everything going on in the world it, it appears that that war would happen uh e- either immediately before or immediately after the tribulation period because if that were the case if if the Ezekiel 3839 war happens just right before or immediately after the rapture um, then what you have is you have, total chaos all over the world and right there in the Middle East and and with all of that that would give the Antichrist a really good uh opportunity uh as according to Revelation chapter 6 in the first rider that comes uh on the uh on the you know the, the that comes on the on the white horse uh, at the beginning of Revelation chapter six when Jesus begins to open the seals of judgment, and opens those seals to, to, uh, bring the, the, the uh, first set of judgments. Who appears is a man on a white horse who has a bow, but no arrow. And what that symbolizes is that he comes in peace, but his whole point is says there in chapter, in verse two of chapter six, he comes conquering and to conquer. That's his agenda. And so, um, you know, if, Israel's enemies, the, her Muslim neighbors, as is listed there in Ezekiel 38, uh, come against her. We know, we know for a fact that God is going to defend Israel, uh, when you read those chapters. Um, but even when all of that is over, this is going to be a great opportunity for the Antichrist to be able to step up and to make, as according to Daniel 927, to make that peace treaty with them and with her neighbors, uh, at least what's left of those Muslim nations uh that come against Israel during that war. Okay. Now when it comes to this whole issue of of them burning the weapons and for seven years, I think that's also, okay, the, the number seven is a very important number in the Bible. And I, I I'll say this and then I'll 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 give it to Brad. But what's interesting, the number seven is, is, a, is an important number in scriptures, the number of completion. And I don't think it's any coincidence that they're going to be burning the weapons for seven years and the tribulation period seven years. And here's what we have to remember. What we have to remember is this. This all could fit together in that timeline because it's not the rapture that starts the tribulation period. It's when the Antichrist makes that peace treaty with Israel. That's what begins the tribulation period. And it's interesting because very many, many good uh, prophecy teachers of the scriptures um, are coming to the to the understanding um, that there may be a gap uh between when the rapture happens and the start of the tribulation. So the more we see happening right now in the world like what we're seeing going on in Israel right now with Hamas being backed uh, by Iran and Hezbollah and all of this uh, this is all setting the stage for all of this to happen. So what's interesting is there's there there could be a gap in between the time the rapture happens and the beginning of the tribulation period. Now, what is that gap? We don't know. Uh, is it, it could be days, it could be weeks, months, or even years. Uh, and good Bible prophecy teachers actually have differing opinions up, up on that. Uh, but we do know. We, we do know that this war is going to happen, and we do know um that God is going to defend Israel. But at the same time, it's going to give the Antichrist a really good reason to step up. And to be the man of peace that, uh, that he's purporting himself to be in order to deceive the world. And so anyway, uh, Chris, I hope that helps. We have Brad with us on the line now, um, from the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus and Brad, thanks for being on with us today.
3: Oh, thank you. It's, it's great to be on the program. I appreciate it.
1: Yes, and I guess you heard me talking there. <laughs> yes. So the, the the question was just about the Ezekiel 38:39 war, how things are shaping up, where is America in Bible prophecy and and that was really kind of the the gist of the question. So, uh, do you have anything you would like to share?
3: Yeah, I I agree with you in terms of, you know, where this actually fits in the timeline, you know, I don't know and uh you know, I think what's, what's the, the most invaluable takeaway where we, we can get right now with it is looking at the countries cited in scripture, the places in scripture cited that will be coming down against Israel. Um, I don't find any that are part of uh, those nations that are part of the Abraham Accord, um, as among those, among those nations. Um, it's every one of them, uh, appears to be, uh, clearly aligned against Israel, mm-hmm. um, and so it, it's interesting that that those countries that right now the snapshot uh, where Israel has somewhat friendly relations and is working with, they're not on the list. Uh, so the fact to, in as far as like you know just probability, you know what's the probability that the countries that they would would be listed there um, would consistently all be where we are right now, enemies of Israel threatening to pounce on Israel, uh, I think it's. I think it should be very um, awakening. I would say concerning, but actually not concerning because, um, you know, come Lord Jesus quickly, you know. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, it should be a wake-up call to where we may be. Because it just is a matter of probabilities, um, it's it's looking like um, we're we're getting we're getting much closer to uh, to that than we were uh, in the past. And so, is it just a coincidence? I don't think so. I, I think that the the lineup of the nations as they are right now and have a lineup with the scriptures, uh, I think, should be more of a of a, a wake up call to be taken very seriously.
1: Yes, and and Chris, as far as your question too about Babylon and possibly being America and such. I don't really think that's the case. And again, because I believe that by the time we get to the tribulation and during the tribulation, I think America again, uh, is going to be, if it's still in existence, it's going to be a very small player in the world scene. And you have to remember too, again, uh, God's eye is upon the land of Israel, the, the Jewish people, and that is his time clock. That's, that's how God operates um on the scheme of things concerning the world is is he's is, is focused right there uh not so much on america and i would say this too it it's very interesting because what i do believe uh, according to the book of revelation and according to daniel is um i do believe that what's going to happen is is there's going to be a revived roman empire that 10 nation confederacy is going to come together uh during the tribulation period and the antichrist of course will put three kings down and then he will uh, assume power over that confederacy and uh and and rule the world from there for for the most part and so what's interesting is um it's peter who actually uh i'm trying to remember if it's if it's first peter or second peter but anyway i think it's second peter i think but at the end of his letter he actually mentions uh those who are in babylon okay and it it's believed that when he wrote babylon he actually meant rome um because uh that was a code name that they would use for rome uh instead of just saying rome and so it's very possible again um that during the tribulation period when all this goes down all eyes are going to be centered right there around the Mediterranean Sea, um, and that's also something that Daniel, in his vision uh, that God gave him of of world history and the Gentile kingdoms um, and the coming of the Antichrist kingdom, and then eventually the coming of uh, the kingdom of Christ, um, he talks about the Great Sea. That all of this is going to happen around the Great Sea, and of course, to the Jews, the Great Sea is the Mediterranean Sea. So, you know, the the Roman Empire. Uh, controlled that area, including the land of Israel, uh, when they were at a, at their height. And uh, that's where all the attention in, it, in end times is going to be, is right around that area. So Chris, does that help?
2: That actually helped a lot because uh, just, I never knew that. I never knew that about Rome and that being um, kind of a code word for them because that makes sense about the land being surrounded by seas or waters.
1: So that's why we,
2: we thought kind of like, well, maybe that, you know, when the person was telling me, he's like, well, maybe it's this, you know, and I'm like thinking, well, okay, that actually makes sense because there were no other Arab countries or any place like that that were surrounded by seas, but, but Italy is. So that makes more, that helps a lot. So if I could, I would like to, um, if we could get some prayer. um, The reason I'm Uh asking is the, uh, I've been trying to do some online ministry through TikTok because there is so much, false teaching going on on TikTok, and I'm trying to do my part as, mm-hmm. far, as best I can in any way to combat that. And there, it's, it's horrendous. As much as I'm seeing so much movement with the Holy Spirit and people coming to Christ and, and um, people approaching me, even at work and so on and so forth, and praying for them, um, it's, it, the, the enemy is working. He's doubled down as well. And it's, it's sad to see all these things going on. Um, just for an example, uh, one... Cocker uh going live was saying that there is one God, which he was saying God, and you know, we believe in God, but doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> right. he says the the Ten Command the, in the Ten Commandments it says we'll thou shall have no other gods before me. Like you're not understanding this, and I'm trying to talk with them while they boot me out because they don't want to hear the truth. Um but anyway, if we could pray for that, I would really love it. I would really I could use all the help I can get.
1: Sure, we would love to. And Brad, would you like to lift this up in prayer for for Chris? Oh, you bet, uh, mm-hmm.
3: Father. We we lift up Chris to you, Father, to give him um, wisdom, uh, guidance, uh, discernment, Father, in dealing with this uh, this this person. And uh, Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to open their eyes, uh, Father. Sometimes, uh, Lord, uh, they it, uh, they look like it's an intellectual issue. Uh, sometimes, as though uh, dealing with some other issue, maybe a bad experience where they may be angry. With you, or maybe there's something in their life that they just know that they're going to have to turn over and let go of, um, or it could be a a deception issue. Um, whatever it is, Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to bring it to the surface and um, and just to give uh, Chris the the love, the compassion, uh, the discernment, and the patience um, to deal with him, Lord, because we know your ways aren't our ways, your timing is not always our timing, and sometimes you take quite a while and uh, and how you work with us. I pray that you'll give Chris that patience and, and enduring, uh, persistence and, and love for this person as, as things progress. And we, uh, give you the praise and glory for how you work in each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. And thank you so much, Brad and Chris. Thank you so much for the call. And, uh, God bless you as you, uh, in, try to reach out to people and share the gospel. And that's what we need to be doing right now during this time. I believe we need to be. Sharing the gospel with all we can, why we can't, while we can, because I believe that Jesus is coming to get the church very, very soon. And so, Chris, if you would hold on the line, we have some things we would love to send out to you. And so let's go ahead now and go to Joyce. Joyce is in Texas. Joyce, welcome to, to Every Man and Answer.
4: Oh, hi. Can you
1: hear me? We sure can.
4: <laughs> okay. Cause I have you on my earbud. I didn't, I didn't know if it was going to work or not. Uh, so, yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. I've called in several times before. But me and my husband, we were talking about, uh, you know, everything that's going on right now in Israel and how, actually, it's very sad. I I, I don't understand it. Uh, I don't understand why uh, the people of this world, I mean, from the beginning, I guess, hate the Jews. And so my husband's like, I don't understand it. I don't understand why. I just don't understand why people are that way, you know, and I'm like, Well, I think it's only, I think it's because they're chosen, God's chosen people. But I like, you know what? I don't, I don't really have an answer either. So I'm going to call every man to answer. They seem to have a good answer for every question that comes through. (laughs) And so that's why I'm calling because I'm just like, I just don't understand. I mean, I don't understand how someone, I mean, I know there's a, a devil. I know we are Christians, but I do know that there is a devil that's running around here. Uh, just destroying mm-hmm. people, but to do that is just unthinkable. So that's what uh, my question to you is I would like to know.
1: Yes. Well, Joyce, thank you so much for that question. That is a good question. And, you know, I think what you just said there at the end of the question, I think is really the key. It is the devil. And and why do I say that? I, I say that because um God's redemptive plan is centered around the Jewish people and the land of Israel. Okay. So what's interesting is in the Old Testament, you see from the very beginning, uh, especially with, while the uh, Israelites were in Egypt and how Pharaoh wanted to kill the male, all the male children, uh, of the Hebrews because the more they had, the more that they persecuted them the more that they grew, uh the more they multiplied. And so Pharaoh was very intimidated by that. And of course he was like, hey, take all the firstborn male uh Hebrew children and or the male children and, and kill them and let's do away with them. And so even from from the very beginning of the Old Testament all the way through, uh you have, you know, in the in the middle of the Old Testament, you have Haman in the book of Esther. Uh, who wanted to do the same thing? He wanted to get rid of the Jewish people. And then when you come into the New Testament, uh, what you see is you see, uh, there, Herod, King Herod, uh, wanted to get rid of Jesus, uh, as the, uh, as the Jewish Messiah, the, the, the king, uh, of the Jews, uh, because again, he was jealous and he didn't want to give up his power and he didn't want, um, you know, he didn't want to, um, have a rival king. Um, So it's really interesting because as you look at all this in the Bible and you see how the Jewish people were persecuted and all the attempts that there is um to do away with them, what is the whole point here? Uh I actually taught on this last night in our church as we were going through Daniel 7 and talking about in the end times how the Jewish people will be persecuted, and what I believe it is is I believe that it's the devil's attempt to to try to thwart God's redemptive plan for mankind. God loves people. Even though we've turned our back, we've sinned against him, he loves us. And he had a plan from the foundation of the world to send his son to redeem us. And the devil knows this. That's why the devil has tried to get rid of the Jewish people, because it is is from the Jewish people in the land of Israel that the scriptures came to us, the knowledge of God came to us. And the knowledge of God's redemptive plan came to us. And it was through the Jewish people themselves that not only their Messiah would come, but that Messiah would be the savior of the Gentile world, of the whole world. And so I really believe that really that is what drives anti-Semitism. It's demonic. It is evil. When it comes to anti-Semitism, it doesn't matter what uh, period of history – we're talking about it is it, it's, it's senseless and it's absolutely barbaric and it's demonic and it's amazing, isn't it? Um, October 7th, you see, uh, Hamas attacks Israel so brutally and so viciously. And then here we are a month later and the whole world. Is chanting, you know, uh, let's kill Jews. Let's get rid of Israel. It's amazing how quickly all of that turned. Now we know there's a ton of propaganda behind it and, 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 and things that were not being told about the truth about it all, but the devil is behind it all. And I also believe the push for the devil, uh, in the end times to get rid of the Jewish people is to, is to thwart And to keep Jesus Christ from returning, because where's he going to return to? The land of Israel. Joyce, if you would, hold on the line. We'll be back. We'll give Brad a a chance to answer. And we'll be right back after these words with the second half of our program.
5: If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating, well, here's something that can really help and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills and it really is a community too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 plus is a low cost option for those with Medicare parts A and B and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833 90 Share.
6: As the days grow darker, children are under more attack than ever. And sadly, it starts at conception, as one in five pregnancies will end in abortion. But in the midst of this tragedy, Preborn's network of clinics are bringing renewal and life to hurting mothers and at risk babies. Preborn's mission is to equip pregnancy clinics with ultrasounds to help save babies' lives and souls.
0: That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And then when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh.
6: <laughs> when a mother meets her baby on ultrasound the majority of the time she will choose life to learn more about the life saving work of preborn call 855668 baby that's 855668 baby or visit preborn.com that's preborn.com
1: Well, welcome back. And we're now going into the second half of Thursday's edition of To Every Man an Answer. I'm Scott Parker. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Festus, Missouri, near St. Louis. And joining me today, our special guest is attorney Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. And right before we went to the break, Joyce from Texas was asking a question that her, her and her husband uh, had been pondering and really wondering and why all the hate and the anti-Semitism and just the, uh, the disgust for the Jewish people in our world today and throughout history. And so, Brad, um, you know, I've talked enough <laughs> there before the break, uh, but what are your thoughts on this subject? Well, I think you answered
3: it very well. Uh, yeah, your first point I agree with completely uh, that, you know, Israel has, uh you know, the the law. And the law is righteous uh, from a righteous God. And Satan hates anything that is righteous and anything of God. Uh, so that's, that's part of it, you know, right there. And then also um, is the fact that Satan knows that Israel is not out of the picture. Far from it. That this is a part of, of what uh, is supposed to happen. Israel is a part of the game plan. I, and uh, for the, you know, the end times, the coming of Christ. So I think in the back of, you know, his mind, uh, if I can try to think that way with Satan would be, you know, to let's, let's annihilate Israel. Let's a lot annihilate the Jews so that there is no fulfillment of the prophecy. That's right. Um, and, and, uh, Satan, unlike God, who is free from the dimension of time and space. So God is everywhere. Satan does not have that luxury. Satan is not free from the dimension of time. Uh, so in Satan's mindset, he's trying to, uh, you know, I, I think through, through humans and through these, uh, religions like Islam, uh, has put in a spirit of, of hate. What's interesting is that, you know, uh, Pakistan recently booted out 1.7 million Palestinians, booted them out, says, we don't want you here for whatever reason. Did you hear of any nation in the middle East raise a concern say, this is outrageous. Absolutely not. Um, when it comes to the, even the palestinians none not a single one of these muslim countries around the middle east are willing to allow them to come to their country not a single one wants them in no matter how dire the circumstances may be for the palestinians so um and then even with jordan when jordan occupied uh, what is now israel uh, there was no cries from people in the west in the, the west bank uh, you know we need our own country no, this is all about anti-Semitism. It's hate for the Jews. That is what this is all about. That's what this all translates to. And, um, and the other issues of, you know, Palestinians, you know, wanting their own separate country, whatever, is a false pretext. Because Hamas and Fatah, for that matter, the Palestinians, they don't want a two-state solution. They want the death and extermination of Israel there's no negotiating on that. So we need to be really clear also understanding how desperate and how uh, resolved Israel has every right to be uh, to destroy those who are out to their, for their, their final Holocaust.
1: Yes, Brad, that was very, very well said. So Joyce, does that help?
4: Yes, it does. And I, I really appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity to listen and y'all giving me the or uh, you know, to the questions. I just, you know, I've, My heart goes out to the Jewish people. I just, I'm really sad for them, and I I pray for the country. And so, Mm -hmm. thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on and and ask those questions. I mean, we should be all be praying for these people, not just these people, but people all over the world. Um, It just, it's just very sad to hear um, all the things that are going on right now. So, and you know, but I do believe. I've, I've been, I've been a Christian for. Uh, a long time, and, I, and I've and i always, you know, have heard that, the, the, that Jesus is coming back, and I really, really, truly believe that he is going to be coming sooner than what we think.
1: Yes, exactly. And Joyce, let me give you a few passages of Scripture to read uh, concerning this, especially what's going to happen in the end times uh, concerning anti-Semitism and Jewish persecution. Um, you could read Zechariah chapter 13. Uh, where it talks about two thirds of the nation of Israel are going to be, are going to die, uh, during the tribulation period. Uh, you can read that chapter. Also, uh, you can read, uh, Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, um, in that chapter, the woman it's referred to there is the nation of Israel. And there, um, that chapter is so succinct and so clear about what is going to happen how the devil is going to ins- incite the Antichrist to come against the nation of Israel um, in the last days and so you can read that too that's gonna that's all gonna transpire at this at the second half and midway point of the tribulation period and but we see all this ramping up and I'll tell you something else Joyce I really do believe too. I, I believe what happened last century during World War II uh, with the Nazis and with Hitler and the quote final solution and all that with the Holocaust of the Jews, uh i really believe that, that was satan's attempt to try to annihilate the nation of israel yes. because guess what happened right after that they became a nation after almost 2000 years of not being in existence and i believe somehow satan either knew that or he saw it coming and was like i, I got to do something and and i'm telling you he knows also very well and and if you read revelation 12 uh it actually tells us that Satan knows his time is short and that's why he's going to persecute the nation of Israel in the last days. And so, uh, hopefully those chapters can help you out too, uh, in helping understand Satan's motivation, uh, in coming against the nation of Israel and against the Jewish people. And, um, I, I hope those chapters are a help to you. And, uh, if you would, Joyce, stay on the line and we have some uh, goodies we want to send out to you. God of wonders. It's time to grow. And also a booklet called 101 Last Days Prophecies, which is very fitting for today. So, Joyce, if you would, hang on the line, and we'll get those things out to you. And thank you so much for the call. And before we go to the next caller, Brad, hey, it's great to have you on the program today. It's always a joy to be with you, and I love your insights when it comes to Scripture and then also when it comes to current events and what's going on in our world because I know that you're right in the thick of things here in our country uh, in dealing with things going on. And so before we go to the next question, Brad, could you just real quick um, just tell the listeners a little bit about your ministry and then give us your website where people can get more information?
3: Oh, you bet. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it, Scott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pacific justice Institute. Uh, we're a nonprofit ministry. We five hundred one C three ministry. We have offices uh, in uh, 20, 36 offices in 26 plus States across the country, coast to coast. And, we do all our work without charge, defending religious freedom, parents' rights against the government, sanctity of human life. And we now have over 220 cases in active litigation as we speak. We have been actively involved in preserving Christians from being purged from their jobs. That was a huge issue. Then before that was getting the Supreme Court to open up the churches in states like California that were, were shut down. Uh, and then we also just even recently... Uh, announced our pledge to defend uh, the Jewish students and Christian students, uh, for that matter, who are standing up for Israel uh, on college campuses and universities across the country. Uh, I will tell you, Scott, it is shocking, shocking Mm -hmm. to see so much united hate and bigotry uh, against the Jewish people on all of these, quote, places of higher learning. And it's not just the students it's also the faculty, a large portion in some universities, the majority of the faculty, uh, singing in with this, these chants of hate or these policies of hate for, uh, for Israel to be swept into the sea and exterminated as a nation. Uh, this is not a, uh, just a, a little fringe here or there. Uh, this is something very telling of our universities across the country and the extent to which Satan has, uh, has, uh, consumed uh, these institutions and why parents need to be all the more concerned about where they send their children uh, for an education um, as well as where we are as a people. Uh, so many with blindness are just turning against uh, the, the Jewish people in such an, an unfair way that no ch- nation has ever been treated this way. Whenever little side note here. So when we were in World War II, when you dropped bombs on Germany, Um, the, you know, there was no condemnation on us because of the fact that there are going to be some civilians, um, being killed. Uh, well, here we have civilians being used as human shields. This is the only time I've ever heard of any nation in war being told, Oh, you can't attack your enemy because they're using their own people as human shields. Um, this is demonic. It's can, it makes no sense. And it's rooted in an underlying hatred and demonic animosity against God's chosen people, the nation of Israel uh, Christians do not be fooled uh, we must stand with Israel stand for justice and stand against uh, tyranny uh, wherever it uh, wherever it is and including there in
1: Gaza and etc exactly and um, you know it's it, it, there's no other word for it when you see what's going on. And, you know, Israel, before they make any attack against Gaza or against any areas where they're are civilians, they let them know ahead of time, here's what's going to happen. Get out. And it's amazing how Hamas takes, quote, their own people and hold a gun to them and, and threaten to kill them if they leave and don't let them leave so that they'll suffer the fallout of what's going to happen. It it is just insane it, yeah, what is going
3: on yeah i'm sorry when we went to war um you know against uh, iraq uh, mm-hmm. we didn't give them prior notice oh this is where we're going to attack make sure there's no no civilians nearby we didn't do right. that right In uh, the iran iraq war we didn't you know i mean these different conflicts so it's it is absolutely nonsensical i can't say it enough And I also want to just make it really clear, too, if there's anyone out there that knows of any student that's being harassed, threatened, attacked by any student on these university campuses, any Jewish student who's being attacked or threatened or Christian student standing up for them um, or professor that is attacking them in the classroom, please have those students contact us at our website, pji. Dot.org. We have made a pledge and commitment to defend every single one of these Jewish students who are being persecuted outrageously here in the United States of America. Thought I'd never see this in my lifetime, but
1: it's happening. Yeah, it sure is. And again, that website is pji.org. If you need to get a hold of Brad and his folks to help out in that, and Brad, praise God for you and your ministry and all those who work with you to be able uh, to come alongside those right here in our own country who are suffering anti-Semitism. You know, as Christians, we love the Jewish people uh, because it's their God's people that he chose to bring the Messiah into the world who saved our soul. We have no other choice uh, but to love the Jewish people. And that doesn't mean that all Jewish people do everything right all the time, no more than we do as Christians. But here's the point. The point is God made it very clear in his covenant with Abraham that those who bless Israel and those who bless his descendants will be blessed and those who curse them will be cursed. And uh, also, uh, you have in the Psalms, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And the reason we need to do that is because God loves those people and he also attaches a blessing that those who pro, those who pray for the peace of Jerusalem will prosper. So, it's in our best interest to stand with the nation of Israel and to stand with the Jewish people. And so if there's any Jewish people listening, please know we as believers in Jesus Christ love you and we stand with you. And so let's go ahead and go back to the phones. We'll go to Jennifer right here in the good old town of Festus, Missouri. Jennifer, welcome to the program.
6: Hi, guys. Hey, this is real quick. Mm-hmm. Um sure. Okay, what I, I was listening to, <laughs> I overheard this TV guy. And he was saying, he was a preacher, and he was saying that being rejected by people, just, you know, just rejected by people and how they hurt us for Christians or whatever. And he goes, even God rejected Jesus on the cross when he hung there for our sins. And it's like, okay. And then I really didn't understand it till the man that answered the phone and told me that. So, um, so.
1: How does that fit in? Okay, Jennifer, that's a great question. And, you know, we have to be very careful. I think, you know, words matter and the language we use in trying to describe, um, what was going on in the heart of God while his son was dying on the cross. Um, there's a scripture in the book of Habakkuk. That's an Old Testament prophet in verse chapter one, verse 13. It says this, it says, you are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. And there are folks who will take that verse and they will say, because when Jesus was on the cross and he was he was dying for our sins, that what God did is because Jesus was bearing our sins upon his body on the cross that God forsook him and God couldn't even look at Jesus on the cross because of that verse that God can't look on wickedness. Now, I do think there's, there's a misunderstanding in, in what's being said here, uh, and what's being communicated. Jesus did in fulfillment of the Psalms on the cross say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the for, the forsaking there wasn't that God had forsaken him in the sense that we think of you know God put his son on the cross and then just left him when Jesus was saying that what he's doing is he's expressing the emotions and and the feelings that he's having bearing the sin of the world he's he's feeling like that he's all alone and God has forsaken him okay it and and there's no indication. At all that God forsook him in that way. Uh, and I know because Jesus said that according to, you know, and, and again, quoting the Psalms that the Messiah would say this when he was on the cross. Um, but it, I think it's a stretch to take that verse in Habakkuk and then to mix it with what Jesus said on the cross and say, you know, that, that God like completely left him. Now, Jesus and Jesus alone did bear our sins on the cross. And there's an interesting scripture. In First Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter five, um, what Paul tells us is he tells us this. He says that he who knew no sin, speaking of Jesus, became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so what's interesting is this: people take that verse, and what they'll say is when Jesus died on the cross and was bearing our sins. He actually became what we are. He became a sinner. And because of that, he was, he was as wicked and vile and full of sin as we are when he was on the cross. And that's why God forsook him and couldn't look at him and all of this. But there in first, in second Corinthians chapter five, verse, I believe it's verse 21. In that verse, that's not what it's saying. It's not saying that Jesus became a sinner. It's not saying that Jesus, when he was on the cross bearing our sin, that he became somehow intrinsically evil or became, you know, anything other than holy. What it means when it says, he who knew no sin, speaking of Jesus, became sin for us. What does it mean to become sin for us? In the language that Paul was using, it literally means he became our sin offering. He became the one who took our sin upon himself to take it to the cross and to put it away forever through his sacrifice. It's interesting because the same word that's that's used in the Greek there for sin is used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, that same Greek word Paul used for sin is translated in the Old Testament as sin offering. In other words, just like in the Old Testament, the priest or the worshiper would lay their hands upon the animal and confess their sin over the animal and then they would kill it. The animal was bearing the sins of the guilty. Okay. And then dying as an atonement for that sin. That's what Paul meant. He didn't mean Jesus became filthy, dirty, wicked, you know, on the cross when he was, because he was bearing our sins. It simply means Jesus took our sins upon himself in order to make atonement for them. And that's a big difference in meaning. Okay. Uh, because I've heard people say that when Jesus was on the cross, he was just as much a sinner as what I, what I am and what I was. That is not true. When Jesus was on the cross dying for our sins, he was as innocent and he was as perfect and pure as the driven snow even when he was on the cross. And so I think there's a big misunderstanding in taking these scriptures and trying to say that God forsook him. And also there's another scripture too in Psalm 16. And actually Peter in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost in his message, he quotes this uh, this verse in Psalm 16. Um, it's in verse 10 where the Messiah said this. This is the Messiah speaking to God, and he said this. You will not leave my soul in Sheol or Hades. That means the grave. It says, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. And that verse right there concerning the Messiah tells us that when Jesus died on the cross and he was dying on the cross, he knew God wasn't going to forsake him, but he was going to raise him three days later. That's why he told his disciples over and over, hey, I'm going to be handed over to wicked men, I'm going to be handed over to sinners. They're going to they're going to kill me. I'm going to die, but I'm going to raise again on the third day. And so anyway, that's uh I'll leave that in, leave that right there where it's at. Brad, go ahead and comment on this cuz I, I think this is such an important uh theological point, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um the idea that Jesus
3: uh you know became a sinner and just you know, no, I I I agree with that. That's uh really twisting uh, the the concept of the atonement um, and the sacrifice uh, that Jesus uh, that the role that he played, uh, but you can just imagine just thinking this through as you were talking. I was just thinking it through, like what it must have been to not just be crucified, but be crucified as, as the sacrifice to 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 atone for all of the sin of the world. Um, there's a it's a it's a dimension of the of the crucifixion that i think we often overlook you know we look at the nail prints we look at the you know the the bleeding and the gasping but um there's a a, a spiritual dimension there that of of a burden that he he took on uh, our sin it's not like he just says well okay i'm going to get this over with and then i'll take care of whatever's out there um <clears throat> he he bore our sins on the cross and uh, and yet remained holy um, and blameless um, as a as a perfect lamb uh, throughout the process.
1: I think that's it's really important uh, important balancing point that you made. Thank you so much, Brad and Jennifer. Does that help you?
6: Yes, it did. And I got one more real quick, and I got to ask us both of you guys. I want you to know what you think. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> do you believe that that someone can read the Bible and then God interpretates them and tell them that we're going to have the United States is going to go through the tribulation, and the Christians are going to see this, and um, and it's going to be a big bomb, a big nuclear bomb. And I told my friend, I said, you're listening to the wrong message. You need to read right. God's word. The rapture is going to take place before anything happens. And I think she'd been reading, um, oh, what is it called? Ezekiel? Ezekiel? It starts with Ezekiel. E-D- Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's been reading that, and I don't think she's reading the whole thing. I think she's just reading bits and parts of it. But it's like. Well, well um,
1: Jennifer, you know, well, here's the thing. When anybody wants to prophesy and say things that the Bible doesn't say, and especially when the Bible says the opposite, you know, like the church going through the tribulation and and all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, we just need to not listen to them and to reject that and listen to the word of God. And also it's pretty easy to say, Hey, there's going to be a big bomb. <laughs> Cause I guarantee you, uh, there's a, there's a lot of bombs going off in Israel and there's going to be a lot more of them in the future. So that's pretty easy, uh, to be able to prophesy something like that. So Jennifer, thanks for the call. If you would stay on the line, we got some goodies we want to send out to you. Let's go to Karen in Longview, Washington. Karen, welcome to the program.
7: Hi, um, my question has to do with can you tell, or how can you tell, if someone has made a deal with the devil? And if I could, I, I'll explain why I ask that.
1: Okay, we, we've got less than okay. two minutes. I, so, yeah, yeah go I ahead know. real quick. We're sh-
7: uh-huh. short on time. Okay, so I met someone who he has seen UFOs, he has seen shadow people, he has a level of ESP and clairvoyance. He can know things that he shouldn't know. Um, But what bothers me, he says, when he was in his 20s, he felt compelled to drive to a park and to walk to a certain place. He says it was like he walked inside a black box that blocked all light. He says there was someone in there with him, says they were communicating without speaking. He doesn't remember much else, but he thinks that they made a deal, some kind of agreement.
1: Okay. Well, Brad, what do you make of this? Yeah. Um,
3: you know, I've heard of people trying to make, make deals with the devil. Um, they're never good deals. Uh, it always leads to, to death, uh, destruction. Um, and whether or not they're real deals or not, um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but we do know that, that when we do that, we're turning and rebelling against God. And um, so anyone who's, who's in, even talking about that, engaging in that, we know one thing for sure. They are, have turned against God, and they need a Savior, and they need to repent, and they need to come to Jesus.
1: Exactly. And Karen, we're out of time. Thanks for the question. And so for Aaron, Jeff, and Daryl, if you would, call back on Monday. We're taking the day off tomorrow. Call back on Monday, and we'll try to get you right on program. Brad, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And thank you so much for tuning in to, to Every Man and Answer. We'll be back with you on Monday. God bless you, and have a blessed weekend.
0: To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226.